G'day guys, welcome to the Dad's Good Podcast. My name is Blair and I'm not going to even try a cool nickname today. I've just got a lot of slack from Amy. But anyway, that's me. I'm Blair. And I'm Bernsey, which I still get slack from my wife for as well, but I'm still <laughs> yeah. Bernsey. And Dad's Group is about helping fathers, helping families. That's what we aim to do on this podcast. Mm-hmm. We want to bring you some value. We want to bring you some insights. We want to bring you some things that are going to help you be a better father and help you grow uh, with your family. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's what we do. And we did not rehearse this, but that's all good. But what we usually try and do um, for you guys, what we do at the beginning of every episode... <laughs> We try to avoid those awkward silences, and that's why. Yeah, we do. We do. But uh, what we try and do is we go back uh, to last week's episode, and we try and do a little little reflection from that because we don't want to just have these cool uh, conversations with people. You know, we've have been given the absolute honor in having these conversations, and we also want to apply those um, lessons to our lives. So, Bernie, yeah, run us through last week's episode, mate. Who do we have, yeah. and, and what they so- talk about? For sure. So last week we had Kim and Erin. Um, they're two perinatal mental health nurses uh, and they started a thing called When Held uh, and that's where they um, train parents in a model called Circle of Security. And one of the big things from that model, and, and they talked about this in the episode, was about uh, what are the imprints um, that we carry from the way we were parented. So basically what that is is the way that... Our parents parented us, um, our reactions, our responses to that, that we still carry through till today. How does that impact the way we parent our kids? Um, So it's like, you know, how do we respond to conflict? How do we respond to certain behaviors? And how much of that is actually stemming from the way that our parents did that to us or how they parented us through those things? It's such a massive topic, dude. And like, I think um, that word like, just, it just impacts so many of our listeners, man. Like it's such, mm-hmm. such a big, big topic. So from you interviewing them through that, how have you been able to then take that now and apply it to your life? Or what are the things that really drew out in comparison to your life, if that makes sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, one of the things that I've been doing a lot, particularly through my mental health journey, is thinking about, okay, like what are some of the things that I carry from my childhood into my parenting today? Um, and how much of, with my son, how much of that is me... Um, responding consciously and how much of it is just sort of echoing what's um, my experiences were as a kid and so yeah a lot of it has been looking at what was my relationship like with my dad and how do I not just sort of do the well I'll never be like him um, and swing to the complete opposite extreme and I, I sort of talked about this in an episode we did last season where I talked about my mental health and I talked about my relationship with my dad um, but also like just with how my mum confronted different things how my dad and, and really it's about creating understanding of what was going on for them so I can yeah sort of have a healthy remembering of the way that I was parented the way that they parented me uh, and so I can bring in what were the really good things that they did instead of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Probably not a great pun to use here, but, <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, I guess learning from them, learning from what they did that was a strength of how they parented, but then also learning from, okay, the things that they didn't do so well, how could I do those differently? Um, and, yeah, so then when I then am confronted with some of those tougher parenting moments when my son is melting down, I can respond to him in a really passionate, not passionate, present, compassionate, empathetic sort of way um, that is most attuned to where he's at. So I think, yeah, the, the imprints are sort of signposts for us to think about 
well, this is how I was parented, but I don't have to repeat those things or I don't have to completely throw those away either. But how can I take the good from that, separate that from maybe some of the more negative uh, memories that I have from it so that I can parent even better? It's so powerful, mate. And if, if you haven't actually listened to Burnsy's episode, go check that out. We know it's impacted a lot of a lot of our listeners because, again, it's such a broad topic. Mental health is huge. Um, so please it's go huge. check that out. Um, yeah, fantastic, mate. Thanks for sharing that. That's awesome. Uh, so this week, uh, we have my mate, uh, Tom Sensick. We've caught up. We used to play footy together years ago. Um, we haven't really caught up that much. We see him around from time to time. Uh, we both lived in Melbourne during lockdowns, both impacted us in a big way during lockdowns, and we both left Melbourne during lockdown because it was a massive thing. Uh, he mm. actually uh, owns a cafe that our local dad's group catch ups, uh, yeah, we, where we meet. But he comes on and he shares a lot of his experience about the corporate world and how it is to be a father, you know, chasing, chasing that top position. But as soon as he had a kid, just shifted for him and his priorities just really, really changed. So he shares a bit about his story and how he's gone about that change to prioritize family uh, in such a, uh, what do you call it, like career-driven, um, uh, position-driven mm-hmm. culture of a workplace. But um, anyway, check that out. It was great. Uh, I just loved catching up with him in general. But fantastic episode, uh, fantastic bloke, uh, and I know you guys are going to get a lot from it. Welcome, Tom, mate. Good to have you on the podcast, dude. We're just going to start straight off the bat and say how are you at a 10, mate? Oh, at the moment, probably probably about a five. It's been a pretty pretty hectic last uh, couple of weeks um, on top of the last six and 12 months. But, yeah, a lot going on in, in our lives at the moment. Yeah, you just worked till 1 a.m., yeah? Yeah, last yeah, a big night, one. yeah. Lots yeah, of emails. I'm going to get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that, dude. We'll hear all all the ins and outs of what you're doing at the moment, and um, yeah, but full on time for you guys. Hey, mate, we just want to know uh, more about Tommy, Tommy Sensick, mate. We've known each other for many, many years now, dude. From footy, footy background, we played footy together um, mm. through from under under eighteens to you know whatever we did. I don't even remember where we when we finished <laughs> up there, mate. But we've known each other for a while, mate. Mm. But I don't know your family. Who's in your family? Yeah, um, so I guess mum and dad, um, and uh, I've got one brother, uh, but mm-hmm. my, my immediate family, my wife Emily, um, we've got two, two beautiful kids, uh, little boy Vance is a bit over three, um, and then uh, a little girl Bonnie who's about eight, eight nine months Nice, so, mate. So you've yeah. been a dad for about three and a half years now, man. Uh, and as we all know, it's a, it's a journey and a half oh, yeah, <laughs> right yeah, there, yeah, especially yeah. those yeah. first few years, dude. Yeah, um, yeah we're back at a three-month-old is our youngest now, so we're four mm. kids, man. And, yeah. Um, yeah, youngest is three. And it's funny when you have that next one again, like a newborn, <laughs> it's like, oh, that's right. This is hard, man. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. yeah through that period. But... Mate, I want to ask you, dude, uh, this is another question that we ask every episode, is if you could go back in the past and visit yourself in the hospital just before your first bub was born, mm. uh, what piece of advice would you give yourself? I think I, I probably was maybe slightly naive um, and, you know, thought that, you know, pregnancy and birth and it all just happened. It was just something that, um, you know, a, a, a woman did. 
But yeah, I think that one piece of advice is to take all that in because it is it's incredible watching you know a, a child being born and, and and coming into the world. It's it's yeah, it can be pretty confronting, but yeah. it's, it's it's pretty amazing. It's um it's definitely one of you know the the most amazing things that um that I've sort of witnessed. I think um mm. and just yeah, I, I guess the, the power of, of of that as well. You know, it's women are women are pretty pretty amazing uh, and probably a lot stronger than uh, than we are. Uh, I don't know if I could do something like that. Um, Definitely not, mate. So, um, I'm yeah. in the process of getting the snip, dude, and just yep. the snip is freaking me the crap out, mate. <laughs> like, yep. seriously, dude. Yeah. And, and so Amy, my wife, had caesareans, four caesareans mm-hmm. she had, and it was like she had everything cut open and yeah. I'm, I'm struggling just to get one little snip. So, yep. no, nah, it's full on, mate, very full on. So you are in the corporate world. You're going to be speaking to us uh, today about your experiences as dad and working in the corporate world, uh, yeah. plus some stuff as well on the side. Uh, what has been your experience in the corporate world and having kids? Yeah, so um, I guess we, a bit of background, we were down in Melbourne um, uh, when, I guess, Vance um, uh, came along. Um, mm-hmm. He was born in April 2020. So up until that sort of point in time, everything was, you know, normal, same, you know, same normal corporate job that a lot of people did down in Melbourne. Um, And then all of a sudden Vance came along as well as sort of COVID started to kick off there. So my experience having um, or being a dad um, and trying to juggle that and a corporate job uh, was, yeah, basically surrounded by COVID and and all the stuff that, uh, that came about there. So working from home, um, basically have, have been working from home for the last three years pretty much. Um, so that mm. was a real, real shift as well. Um, mm. but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a real challenge, you know, it's, um, having a job that only require, well, basically only requires your head to think and you, you know, you've got to solve problems and you've got to, you know, add, add numbers together and, and make sense of, of numbers on a page to, to basically paint a story. So um, the sleep deprivation can absolutely play havoc on that. You know, it's not something that you can just sleep through. Um, it's, uh, yeah, having to, having to think on, you know, three, four hours sleep, it's pretty rough. Um, yeah. absolutely not taking away of uh, anything from the, you know, the guys that, that use their hands for, for work, you know, being exhausted and trying to, you know, build a house or do anything like it. It's just, it's hell. Um, yeah. so, but yeah, my experience, um, was, was pretty tough, you know, being sleep deprived and having to think and having to solve problems. Um, yeah, it was tough. No, I can imagine, mate. Well, I actually experienced the exact same thing. We had mm. uh, my daughter's three years old, dude. like it's, you know, COVID hit and then lockdown and mm. it's hard, mate. It's yeah. so, so hard. So no, I completely relate to that. Um, but now we both are currently working from home now, which is, you know, it's an amazing thing. I love working from home. I love, um, how I can be, I'm so much more involved with my family life. I'm so much more involved with my kids. Uh, it's great. It's, uh, yeah, it's the best work experience I've had, but it also has its challenges. So how do you cope with working from home and work-life balance and trying to draw that line between work and life? Yeah. So, and yeah, I, I, I echo all those, those comments you made, like it's working from home. It's been, it's been the best thing that, um, that has happened, I guess, in, in my career as, as hard mm-hmm. as it has been sometimes to challenge, uh, to juggle. Um, but that, um, you know, I mean, back in Melbourne, I, I'd leave home at six thirty, seven o'clock, go to the gym before work, go to work and I'd be home like 
it, it, I'd, I'd go to work when it's dark and I'd camp when it's dark. So I, I would have, yeah. if COVID hadn't have hit and I haven't been able to work from home, I would have missed that whole Monday to Friday, nine to five kid, I guess, experience. So yeah, um, yeah working from home has been amazing. Um, drawing, drawing the line between work and, and life and, and trying to um, balance that, it's, that's something that I really, really struggled with at the start. You know, those... Mm-hmm. Uh, we lived about half an hour away from the city, uh, down southeast uh, in Melbourne, and I had that, um, you know, that train ride home or the drive home, or when I, you know, got into cycling, I'd ride home and that sort of stuff. And you just had that time to sort of wind up to work and wind down from work. Um, whereas, you know, I'm, you know, sitting in a bedroom or a study, uh, an office in um, at home, and you walk five, ten meters to to where you know the kids are out there and M's out there and. Um, there is no time to wind up or wind down. So initially, I, I really, really struggled with that. Um, mm. It was, I took a lot of, uh, I think, frustrations out on uh, everyone around me. Like those, those, mm-hmm. those real work, those hard work frustrations, you know, something, something didn't quite go to plan that day or, you know, had to, you know, really put in, put in those big hours to try and get something done. It, it's, yeah, I really, really struggled. Um, but I think uh, one thing that did help me back uh, when COVID first kicked off was um, I set up a bit of a home gym um, at, at home in the shed um, mm-hmm. and it was cold and miserable in winter and the roof leaked and all that sort of stuff but it was a bit of a, I guess, a bit of a space um, away from, from everything to try and, you know, even if it was 20 minutes, just not vent some frustration but just burn a bit of, you know, a bit of... Uh, bit of energy physical energy something like that because uh, in the corporate world you know mine's always ticking and i'm mentally exhausted but physically just yeah it was a a, a good outlet uh it was mm. something that i let lapse a few times um and it's gone completely out the window now but that's we'll get on that later um but yeah just trying to trying to find um something that you can you can squeeze in between when you finish work and and come back to the kids, I think, um, for me, that was, that was the best thing that I'd, um, found, uh, way to cope. Yeah. That's awesome, man. My oldest is in primary school, uh, this year and I was excited because I was like, oh, I've got school drop off now and pick up. Right. So I've got this drive to school, yep. but where we are, I'm literally a two minute drive from that oh, school, no. man. So it's, not, <laughs> like, it's, it's a really sweet two minute drive yeah. Yeah. when yeah. I have the kids in the car going back home or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it it wasn't as, as great as I thought it would be. Mm. But um, no, I get that, mate. Um, and again, you and I, uh, we've both moved back to rural Victoria. So coming from Melbourne, now we're rural during COVID. Uh, for me, I needed to do that. Like um, pretty much when lockdowns happened, mate, my mental health really, really struggled. Yep. And so for us, the last resort was like, we need to get out so I can have that space to heal, to get better. Why did you move back, mate? Yeah, so a little bit similar. Um, I think for for Em and I, we we really just needed more support around us. Um, yeah. I guess all our immediate family, parents, um, brothers, sisters, and that sort of stuff were all around Albury, uh, Albury Wodonga, or thereabouts um, at the time. Um, I will say I I really battled with the decision because I left. I mean, I left Albury Wodonga, um, you know, chasing that that corporate career, chasing something different, something more exciting. You know, you're in your early twenties. It's back then, you know. 10, 12 years ago, Albury wasn't the, the I guess, the, 
the happening uh, place. The, the thriving place it is now. There was not a lot <laughs> yeah. to do. Um, so, yeah, I, I went to Melbourne chasing something something different. Um, and, yeah, as I guess just oh, a year before COVID, we got a house. We bought a house down in Cheltenham, renovated that. And, you know, it was it, for me, it was just a dream. I had a great job. We had a, be- a house, a couple of cases in the beach. We'd go to the beach pretty much every day. We'd take the dog for a run, all that sort of stuff. So I initially, when, when M first floated the idea, um, I was very hesitant. I took a lot of convincing, even though, you know, Melbourne was, uh, it was a terrible place during COVID, yep. those lockdowns, the 5K yep. radius, even though we could get to the beach, we couldn't see anyone, we couldn't do anything. It was just Groundhog Day. Like we turned the news on, which was, you know, bad for for both our mental health and, and, and just watching, you know, how many fucking cases are there today? Like thousands yeah. and, and whatnot. And it was, it was a real, really depressing sort of place. But even still, like having having the house, having our own place, and being so close to the beach that um, I guess um, I, I I just love I love the beach and, and um, I was I was born down in Mornington before it was really cool and then Mum and Dad moved up to Albury Wodonga so I feel that like that pull to the beach that bayside yeah. sort of Melbourne thing um, but yeah it took it took a lot of um, convincing from them to to get me down but at the end of the day we just needed more support. Vance yeah. was um, a terrible sleeper when he first came along, so the sleep deprivation was just horrific. Mm. Um, M was struggling, I was struggling, and um, yeah, we just needed more support. We needed that family, that family around us to uh, um, to help um, to help out. And I think there's one one quote, and I'm probably going to butcher it, um, that that M kept, I guess, reiterating to me. It was like, it takes a village to raise. Um, a family or a, ch- a child, and a I think family, that, yeah. yep, it, it really like, yeah, that to me, that's that encompasses everything about parenting. I think it's it's so hard to do alone, and no one should do it alone because mm. you know it's really exciting to see, um, you know, grandparents and, and uncles and aunties be you know so like overwhelmed with you know what the kids are doing. You know they don't see them every day, but you know every every couple of days they're doing something different and watching their faces light up when they do something different like it's yeah you need that village around and i think also like the village needs you know you around as well you know yeah i think where where the you know humans are those sort of um it's like a group type animal, uh, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like, you know, we're, we're not meant to be you know, just straying alone and that sort of stuff. You've got to go at, at things together. So, um, yeah, at the end of the day, we just needed more support. So um, that was our main main reason for moving home. Hi, everyone. Sorry to interrupt the podcast here, but as you can hear, Blair is hogging all of this interview and he's not letting me get in. So I just had to sneak onto here to share this story from one of our dad's group members and someone you've heard on this podcast a few times, Aaron. He's going to tell you a little bit about his experience of being part of dad's group. Hey, my name's Aaron McDougall. I've been involved uh, with dad's group for probably about a year now. Um, I remember seeing them on Facebook. I joined my local dad's group um facebook group and i remember thinking like this is such a fantastic idea and then i just didn't go for ages i actually went to my first dad's group meeting by accident Uh, i just happened to be at the park with my kids um the the same saturday morning the dad's group met up and the guys were really welcoming they were like oh you must be here for dad's group and i wasn't but um it was like the best accident ever because from joining the group i've made some really really good mates uh, who've got kids the same age as me so I've just built this fantastic network uh, support network the guys have you know the guys have been great 
if I've been working away or if, you know, if I've been sick or if I need someone to watch the kids or whatever it might be, um, we've just got this really good support uh, network of guys that we've built very, very quickly. Um, so if, you know, if you're a dad and you're, you're looking for that network, you're looking for that support network of like-minded guys who you want to talk, you know, fatherhood with or personal development or whatever it might be, your dad's group's a really good place uh, to find, find your tribe, find other dads, um, and find that support. So yeah, best thing I did and I thoroughly recommend it. So if you're a dad out there who's wanting to connect in with other dads, who's wanting to find a space where you can grow and expand your skills and abilities as a father and who wants to share in your passion about being a good dad, then Dads Group is a place you can do that. You can find your closest Dads Group on our website, www.dadsgroup.org or you can uh, look us up on Facebook, Instagram, that's Dads Group. Hit us up with a DM and we can let you know where your closest Dads Group is. Back to the podcast. Your career, career, like you mentioned before, was a real focus for you. This new life, this exciting life, right out of Albuquerque. Like back mm. then, obviously, you know, it's funny, dude. Coming back here, like we just have different eyes. I have different eyes for this place now, man. I'm like, well, where's the good playgrounds? You know, what I mean? <laughs> like when we used to live here, dude. I didn't have playgrounds as as my main focus uh, point for an area. But yeah. um, so yeah. you're chasing this this life. How did that shift? I mean, it's hard because you you had COVID at the same time though, but is that drive for the corporate, the career as high as it was now that you've got kids? Like what's been the shift there since you've had kids? I think, I reckon it was inside the first week. My yeah. mindset, my mind shifted like completely. Like it, it yeah. went from, you know, being sole, like, you know, focused on work. You know, the, the job that I had leading up to, to having Vance and when he came along, I'd, I'd, yeah, some days I'd start work at seven and I wouldn't leave till 10, 11 o'clock at night. Cause just, you know, so focused, you want to get, you want to get the job done. You want to do a great job. You want to get promoted. You want to climb that corporate ladder and all that sort of thing. So yeah, pre Vance, that's, um, that's what, yeah, I was really focused on and, you know, building, building that career to, to find, um, you know, that, that great job that I was chasing. And as soon as Vance came along, like I said, it took a week, I reckon, and my, my focus completely shifted. Wow. Um, and I guess not not being around, uh, I guess, heaps of kids growing up. You know, um, my brother's a bit younger than me and most of my mates uh, are probably, um, I guess, we're, we're a little bit later on having kids and that sort of stuff, whereas um, Em had a couple of friends that uh, that had kids before us. Um, but we, you know, we were down in Melbourne. We, we wouldn't see them uh, as often as we'd like. Um, so, yeah, it was just trying to... to I guess focus on 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 that and um, yeah, my mind my mindset completely shifted. It was all you know career driven pre pre kids, and then now it's all you know about family and what I guess we're doing as a, a family group um, more so. So, in what ways did that shift? That did that impact your climb of the ladder or your, your desire for the climb of the ladder just wasn't there as much yep. anymore? So, what what sort of thing shifted? Uh, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I harbored dreams. You know, when uh, when Vance came along, I think I was twenty, uh, sorry, 30, 29, 30. Um, and like I, I had you know big ambitions to sort of get to that sort of CEO, CFO sort of level of, of some sort of company. Um, you know, by thirty five, forty, probably wasn't still going to get there, but yeah, that yeah. was that was the goal. Yeah, yeah. That was the dream. Um, and instantly, that just that that um, I guess just that was put on the back burner, you know, in my mind, it was then all about, right. What, what sort of job can I do that requires, 
the least amount of effort, the least amount of thinking for the most amount of money that I can get. Mm. Um, and that's, yeah, that was initially like it was a real battle in my mind because that's what that's what my mind was telling me to do just to try and you know maximize time with family and 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 minimize the effort mm. but yeah that um you know that that desire sort of um to, to climb the corporate ladder yeah definitely dissipated pretty quickly once uh once fans came along yeah definitely and it's really cool hearing you say that because i know another thing too man like you guys you know it's really shifted your mentality of like focusing on the family and then mm. you buy a cafe and this is like, oh, this no. is, so this is oh, for no. our audience here, mate. This is where we uh, in Albury Wodonga do our dad's group catch-ups is at the Riverdeck Cafe in Albury. Mm. Uh, Tommy Sensick has just bought that. Uh, mate, what's like that? I mean, it's awesome. Like uh, good for you, man. That's that's great stuff. Mm. But that's going to come with a cost, right? Not financial, but it's going to yeah. come at a capacity cost, right? So what's yeah. what was the decision going into that and how has that now impacted your family through the things that you've learned? through you know having your firstborn yeah um so i guess there's, there's there is a bit of a backstory with that um i think going back six seven eight years we used to go down to riverdeck and the little play, playground there that was there and you know um some of them's friends that would have kids we'd you know watch them play on the playground and for some reason you know we'd either we'd miss the opening hours you know we'd be there at 7 30 and the place wouldn't open till nine mm. or we'd be there at 4 30 and they close at three and it was just Em and I, I reckon we were there probably three or four or five times. And then we just, every time we jump back in the car, we're like, ah, oh, this, we just, there, there's so much you can do with this place. If it ever comes up for sale, whatever the life circumstances, we're just going to bend over backwards and do it because we felt like we could, like, we could really maximize that, that offering. And I, I don't think we were alone in that. Mm. You know, there are a lot of friends and family that, that used to say the exact same thing. And, um, I mean, you know, there's um, plenty of reasons why the, the previous business owner didn't want to open all hours and that sort of stuff and, and a credit to him for, for building the business that um, it, it had become when we took over. Um, but, yeah, we just, uh, yeah, five, six years ago, we sort of, it was, you know, an unwritten pack, but we, we really said every time that we'd get back in that car, like if it ever comes up for sale, we're, we're going to do it. Wow. Um, and for us, I guess... I'm, you know, coming from a, a corporate background, I, I like playing with, you know, money and, and, and that sort of stuff. Um, it's, it's sort of, it always came, maths always came pretty easy to me in, in school and it was, I guess, uh, an easy career trajectory for me. Um, but the way I saw that purchase was, you know, knuckle down and work hard for a couple of years because then if it is as, as successful as we're hoping it is going to be, it can sort of buy our time back. Yeah. You know, it, it, the, currently the cafe is you know, essentially it, it's, it's fully managed. You know, we've got a great kitchen team that does everything from the past back and we've got a great front of house manager that does everything from the past forward, basically, you know, hiring of staff, rostering, ordering stock and that sort of thing. So um, it has been very, very involved from the, the administrative side of you. Um, but in terms of an operational point of view, we're not required on site. So if we can, you know, knuckle down, we can put in some, um, you know, change potentially our opening hours, offer something different, get some more people down there. It essentially would allow me to basically quit my day job. Mm. So then we've just, M and I can sort of share that administrative role that um, we're trying to do at the moment. 
and we can, we can basically buy our time back. We can buy our, you know, the, the kids' times back as well. Like we can spend so much more time with them when I'm not working nine till five and Em's trying to deal with the kids running around like Vance's. I can hear him in the background. <laughs> yeah. He's running around like an absolute maniac. I don't know if that's coming <laughs> no, to it's fine. Love it. Love it. Um, it's, um, yeah, and I think, you know, even being able to, you know, for me to, to not be um, bogged down in that nine to five sort of job, it also frees Em up to go and, and do something other than just be a mum mm. because that's, I think, you know, that's aside from, you know, guys not, um, not talking, not communicating, not verbalizing their feelings and that sort of stuff. I think for, um, oh, I guess in our circumstance, like that was something that Em really wanted to do as well, do something other than just be a mum because that would, you know, from an outsider point of view looking in, it, it would be really, really tough some days. Or actually probably every day you'd have your real moments, you know, when you're you know stay-at-home parent, regardless of, you know, um, husband or wife or, or dad and mum it would be really, really tough. And, and to do that day after day after day uh, and only really get that respite on weekends when mum or dad doesn't work and you can sort of share the load or whatever, um, yeah, it'd be really tough. So yeah. it is, yeah, our life is pretty hectic at the moment, a couple of kids, me trying to work the day job and, and Riverdeck on top of that. But it's all, I guess, for us trying to play that that longer plan, I guess, you know, bust their ass for a couple of years and then hopefully um, it's, you know, successful as we want it to be and that day job can um, get kicked to the curb. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, mate. No, that's awesome. Mate. And, like, I had, when we first moved up here, up here, um, Amy was actually working full-time and I had, I think it was four months, I was a stay-at-home dad and I just really yeah. appreciate that because it gave me a whole other appreciation, a whole other level of appreciation for what stay-at-home yeah. parents do. Like, it's, mate, it's an eye-opener. It's not a holiday. Think, it's not easy. It's, oh, yeah. No. And I think that's another thing that, that working from home taught me as well. It's that, you know, that stay-at-home mom, dad, that role, it's not It's not a holiday. No. It's not, like, it's you, you're on 24-7. Yeah. It's not just, uh, yeah, it's not a walk in the park. It's it's tough. Yeah. So I think that's that's another great thing that I saw, you know, working from home, you know. Uh, it, I probably would have been that naive 30-year-old guy that went into the office every day and why, why is my wife complaining about, you know, the kid life? Like you just get to stay at home and hang out with the kids. So that was, yeah, really a really good, uh, good eye-opener, I think. Um, and, yeah. I, I just love what you're saying here, dude, because I just resonate with so much of it. Um, but to finish up, mate, I just want to know one thing um, that you would mention to uh, current or expecting or a new parent. What's something that you would give them, mate? So I think um, pertinent to our situation, I think the one piece of advice that I'd pass on is, you know, if you are struggling, reach out, whether it's friends, whether it's family, whether it's programs like uh, Beyond Blue and, and those types of things, or, you know, reach out to the guys at Dad's Group because it's, I think particularly for men, like I said before, we don't talk, we don't verbalise our feelings, we don't do any of that sort of stuff that we should. It all bottles up and it bottles up and regardless of, you know, being a dad, you know, there's there's so many stresses that uh, we go through in life, you know, it's money, it's 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 relationships, it's it's everything, it's work, it's whatever. Those sort of things, they, they shouldn't be bottled up because one day it... it you, it's, it all gets too much and, you know, I think um, particularly in our sort of circle, there have been a few people that have decided not to or they didn't want to be here anymore um, and it, it's really sad because, you know, if, if we do verbalise these feelings a lot more, then, you know, we can prevent 
these these tragedy, tragedies. Um, so I think, yeah, reaching out when you're struggling, there's, there's always going to be someone there that can talk. Um, there's always going to be someone there that can listen. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I credit to, to you and the guys at, at the dad's group because that's that's exactly what you you were trying to do. You know, you're trying to normalise these conversations, um, make them you know more, I guess, acceptable or more uh, available. Um, and it's you know it's not it's not weak to to call out and, and reach out for help. So um, yeah, any new parents, um, expecting parents, current parents that are struggling, just yeah, reach out to someone because there'll always be someone that will will listen. No, thank you so much, Tom. Mate, I've loved this conversation, mate. Just even for the fact of us catching up again, it's it's always always the best, mate. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just love like we haven't really hung out in years, dude, since before our Melbourne lives, dude. So it's really cool to hear. Hear a bit more about your story, what's happened for you guys, and um, yeah, just pumped about yeah moving forward with you, mate. It'd be fantastic. Mm, but yeah. thanks so much for joining us, mate. No worries at all. Thank you. Awesome. And for our listener, mate, if you are struggling with any of the things that we've spoken about, there are some amazing resources out there for you for help. So please go to our website at www.dadsgroup.org. Click on the Get Support tab. You will see some amazing stuff there. Please uh, get help. We often talk about a, a, a quote from a guy named Craig Groeschel, and he said, uh, asking for help isn't a sign of weakness it's a sign of wisdom so we want to really encourage you to do that um, for a lot of people we get a lot of people uh, signing up to our webpage looking for local dads groups near them unfortunately we are still a growing organization but if there is not a dads group near you then please go check out our digital dads group space on facebook uh, that's where we just get together we do it all online we we chat encourage and support each other as much as we can online so go check that out too but thanks guys and I'll catch you next week